0: Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Lee Stringer with Perkins & Will here at the Cornet Global Summit in Chicago. I'm joined by three esteemed Cornet members who are going to share some of the big issues and opportunities they are wrestling with today. So, first off, just to introduce, um, I'm joined with, by Chuck Hardy, Chief Architect of the U.S. General Services Administration. Hello, Chuck.
1: Hi. How you doing?
0: <laughs> uh, Sarah Anderson, Head of Real Estate and Workplace Effectiveness at Genentech. Hi. Hello. And Rome Poplar, Director of Enterprise Real Estate at Ameriprise.
2: Hello. Happy to be here.
0: All right. Well, thanks for being here and taking time out of all the crazy networking that we're all trying to do. It's been a while since many of us have seen each other. We um, we have some big questions we want to cover over the next 20 minutes. Um, the first one, and I'm gonna start with you, Chuck. Uh, what are the most urgent issues you are focused on right now as an organization at the GSA?
1: There's probably a couple out there one is uh, working with our customer agencies finding out what their needs are but also more importantly just watching uh, learning relearning the uh, work patterns of folks because they've changed uh, our analytics and the predictive analysis we had prior to the pandemic is kind of out the door and and we're trying to develop a, a new base of basis to have conversations around and see what that future holds so the biggest issue is really just seeing how how the earth is moving right now and then being able to be agile and uh, nimble in addressing that so.
0: agile nimble real-time watching right. love it bro what about you
2: yeah for us it's a couple things too um, you know we're in the middle of a headquarter um, project and so for us it's designing for the future of hybrid environments and are we doing it right are we doing it wrong are we you know are there all things and it's it's just being flexible Um, another piece is doing more with less right so things even though we're going with a more efficient footprint things are costing more things are taking longer longer lead items Uh, so we're just trying to figure out okay how can we uh, better plan for that start projects earlier so more with less
3: Smart. Sarah? So I'm going to double down on Chuck's watching and waiting. What's really uh, top of mind for us is, you know, we are a drug discovery company, and we need the innovation, and um, there's a... A quote from our uh, our head of R&D and we, where we talk about work from home was really productive was it really or was it simply efficient and efficiency has no place in innovation mm. and we have to innovate because we want to produce three to five times more patient benefit at half the cost of society so we need our people together for that mm-hmm. And that's basically our big focus right now, is making sure this is a wildly unpopular statement to make at a real estate conference, but people don't come back to campus because of food or a groovy workspace. They come back to campus for each other. And how do we maximize that benefit when they're there?
0: I think that's great. And it, it really leads into the next question I have for all of you is about metrics. There's been a lot of discussion already about metrics. And remember when we used to measure square foot per person yes. and square foot per seat back in those old days, yes. you know? Um, so what is the new metric either around innovation or
3: well, where's your head? For actually even uh, pre-pandemic, we, I feel like square foot per person, cost per person and cost per square foot, all those are table stakes for us in real estate. We all need to know that. It just is. Um, that's just like your job. <laughs> but where, where we were trying to do it is, can we measure effectiveness um, through business outcomes? Mm-hmm. So we've got a filing team, and they want to file faster. And filing with the FDA is a very arduous process. Um, and lots of people don't make it through more than one. So how can we help them file faster? So they told us that was the desired outcome. We're like, okay, what behaviors do you need to get to that outcome? They're like, we need people together, immersive learning. So Chuck, who's done this three times before, can teach Rome, who's never done it before. And we're like, okay, great. We can do that. And We need... um, um, when FDA communicates with us, we have to all come together. It's like, okay, well, we can make sure that from adjacency, just an occupancy point of view, we put everybody nearby, and then we have the agreements, and we hear from the FDA, we all come down to this one neighborhood, and you know, safety goes into the glass-fold conference room, and regulatory turns around in their seats, and they all talk, and then they can communicate visually with safety, and they filed six weeks faster. Now, the ROI on bringing a drug to market faster Dwarfs any real estate metric. Now, it wasn't just because of the, you know, the workplace at all had to do with their agreements and the work they were doing, but. I- like to hang our hat on helping the business achieve its outcomes and measuring our impact there versus uh, a more traditional real estate metric. But now, i say what we're looking at is who is coming back, when and why? <laughs> and how do we help that? And because right now, some people are coming back and then they go into a room and do video calls all day. That's not the point of being back. So, mm-hmm. right. So we're looking at that, really. The show-up rate for right now and, and surveying and Um, so I think what we start to study is going to be with the metrics we use are going to evolve Mm -hmm. because right now show up rate that's for now. Mm -hmm. We're not going to care that much in the future. Um, awesome. I'll come back to you. Rome.
2: That is hard to follow. <laughs> I
3: know.
2: Very well. You know, out. I feel like we're just simplified. We, we are all about the table stakes, right? Cost yeah. per square foot and uh, the efficiency and, um, you know, even on the, on the field side with our wealth advisor locations, it's, you know, cost per advisor and revenue per square foot and is it profitable, etc. cetera. Um, you know, other things that we look at uh, are employee surveys, right? And you think about like our annual employee survey. There's one one or two workplace questions. We're starting to work with HR and uh, put more in, as well as every project that we do. We follow up with a with a survey to continue to improve uh, what we can. What 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 do they care about? What brings them into the office, etc. Um, i'd love to see a metric on productivity right that's like the holy grail <laughs> but but we're yeah we just go back to you know the badge axis, utilization cost per square foot um we use that night and day mm-hmm.
1: helpful chuck yeah for me um, i think our business metrics are pretty sound of what we're doing as far as making making the making the donuts and getting stuff out but um uh, I think the focus is shifting more on, success to me is retention and attraction of employees. Uh, So it's getting back to uh, the people that that are working for us. Uh, Some say a happy worker is a productive worker. I like to say a productive worker is a happy worker because if you take the friction out of the process, if you make it easy for an employee, they like what they're doing, they're not fighting bureaucracy, and they do more and enjoy their jobs. And so as we start focusing more on the people, and those kind of metrics, uh, our business Mm -hmm. metrics will follow, I think.
0: Answers. so the big things I'm hearing are kind of looking at the work not just the workplace right designing for people but thinking about the process as well um, which is changing dynamically in real time which is very exciting for us <laughs> job security I guess um, there's also this theme around matching or excuse me a dynamic metrics you know watching right but also kind of realizing in real time how the data is changing over time and being alert and attuned to that um, um, and then, yeah, the surveying and really how are people doing, you know, just continuing to stay engaged with folks. I love it. All right. So let's do, um, I think we're maybe have time to sneak in one quick round, um, to, to wrap this up. Um, and let me see, hold on get my notes here. Um, so I wanted to just see, what is the biggest shift and how your organization is thinking about um, planning? You can answer it three ways, either planning or design or sustainability or equity. Now versus three years ago, what was the biggest shift? Looking back, I guess now we were looking for it and now we're looking back. What was the biggest shift? You know, as we look ahead, what were the, the big changes that we're building on? Check. I'm gonna pick on you.
1: All right, uh, for me, The planning hasn't changed much. We've always been an activity-based planning. We've always been focused on what do you need to do your job and what's going on. I think one of the the major shifts that's going on now is on equity, is making sure that all voices are heard um, and and having that conversation and how that translates into uh, what is now a much more knowledgeable workforce that is uh, skilled, skilled in hybrid work, skilled in distributed work. And having that conversation of how that translates into effective work work environments, so the, the shift is really a much richer conversation, and then just elevating that bar to that next level.
0: You richer and deeper right. conversation. I love it. Great, Broom, How about you?
2: Yeah, for What's us. What's changed? Um, you know, the big thing for us here is is shifting to unassigned spaces, and and you know I think a lot of organizations have done that in the last five years, uh, but it's new to us. And and um, it's it's interesting to kind of do it in a time where not everyone's back in the office. So or do we have the right data set to continue to go floor by floor on a, on unassigned space? And then it's the employee experience. You know, as a, as a headquarters, it's do we have the right amenities? Um, what amenities are we lacking? Um, um, now is a great time to, to go into ca- cafeteria services where it's not really about people coming in line waiting and ordering it's the app and everything to we we need to shift the focus on on pickup let's let's design around pickup versus ordering <laughs> and um, and, and the other piece, like I said, is, is do we have the right uh, collaborative space? And now it's it's scape. And um, do we have sit to stand? Do we have all types of choices? Um, and it's exciting times for us uh, uh, designing with their headquarters. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the the flagship, and there's a lot, I'm sure, at stake, you know, getting it right with the dynamic world we're in,
3: but building on what you've learned, it's great. Sarah? I'd say the biggest shift is, um, I think Lisa and I were talking about this yesterday, is more awareness of neurodiversity in the workplace, um, that uh, scientific community tends to have a greater than average number Mm -hmm. of neurally diverse Mm -hmm. um, employees, and so making sure that... Our spaces are zoned appropriately. Our you know the palette is appropriate to accommodate anybody wherever they are, mm-hmm. um, so that it does touch on the inclusive piece. I think the other thing that we have to it, I, there's so much more conversation now about agreements, which I love. I mean, we had agreements six seven years ago about how we're going to work together and how we're going to use the space because it's shared. Um, but I think now. I hear a lot more people talking about agreements, about the where, when, and how we do our work and the intentionality that has to be part of it. Mm Why are we coming together? What do we hope we to accomplish today as a team? How are we going to do that? You know, so the where, when, and how, and being making the implicit explicit. I love
0: it. I mean, it's it's really broadening the mindset around uh, the workforce. You know what they need and what they're interested in. Lead um, with the work. Lead with the work. Lead with the work getting done, and it's the passion. You know, passion is going to bring them back in, right? Chuck? All right. Well. Okay. Hey, any other questions for each other? Now that
3: we're here together, kind of hanging out. Actually, I have a question. Yeah. I think that we could do better as an industry at sharing our information. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have an agreements template that I'm happy to share with my peers if they don't have something like that already. We're all doing experiments. Is there a forum that we could be talking about what experiments we're doing and what we're hoping to learn? And then if you, Rome, do the same experiment that I do, then we have a larger data set and we might get the data faster to support decision making. Or, you know, Chuck and I deliberately try different experiments so that we can learn and understanding the different workforce, et cetera, and the work. But still, I just feel like we as an industry, we shouldn't all be trying to figure out everything on our own.
0: And we shouldn't be waiting for another Cornet Summit to figure out what's been packaged and all ready
3: to go. Exactly. Because it is very dynamic. Yeah, no,
1: I, I agree with that. And it just it speeds up the rapid prototyping we're trying to do kind of thing. So if everybody's working collectively, because we're all trying to solve this, we're all trying to build that database back up. Uh, and the more we communicate, I think, uh, the better.
3: Yes. And, uh, hey Kirk. Chuck, could you talk
0: about the pilot space that you guys are reinventing in central office in DC?
1: Yeah, we've got the uh, second floor of our headquarters office. We actually invited in furniture vendors and IT uh, providers to basically bring their wares in set it up show us show us what they're thinking now where their minds are at and then we're touring whoever wants to tour there uh either customer agencies or or private sector firms to kind of show what we have and and what what we're thinking and get some reactions kind of thing so willing to share all that kind of stuff that's, with all great. The that's great yeah, yeah. It's um, nice to it, test it, drive that yeah, just kind of just trying to broaden people's perspectives a bit uh, for our customer agencies they can go in there and sit there for a month if they wanted to work so uh, helps a little bit with change management uh, helps you know picking the tires before you buy go viral on buying those little mushroom chairs that everybody has
0: There are two things. I got a little preview of the space that was coming together a couple weeks ago, and there were two things I was really wowed by. One is that one of the settings is reuse of your existing furniture, so you know you can really see. And there's a lot of furniture available. A lot of it's very good still, and how to repurpose it. The second is the work from home setup to show people how to set up their workplace at home. So when they're touring through, they can show that you know as an example of one of the many settings that we need to think about. And
1: you bring a good point. I mean, we, we throw. I think it's 10 million tons of furniture a year. So And, and, and it's probably going to get worse as we start reconfiguring our offices to yes. try and address this. So the more we can look to repurpose what we have in different ways. So it's, it's the old uh, Neil Young misquoting Chopin. He said, I never invented anything or created anything. I just remember things differently. And, and so we have to take our spaces and start remembering them differently with the same pieces we got, or else we're just going to keep filling up landfills. I,
3: I concur completely.
0: I have to ask real quick, uh, the green question, um, where are you all thinking in terms of sustainability carbon, you know, there's a lot out there in the
3: world about that. We dug up our entire refrigerant loop to replace it. Oh, wow. <laughs> with, a, like, with a refrigerant that doesn't deplete the ozone layer. It's something you might do when you plan a new campus, right. not something you do, you know, on a wow. existing campus. So uh, Roche, we are owned by Roche, and, and we take our sustainability... Uh, commitments very seriously um we've got a zero emissions roadmap and we are about to move into the first all-electric lab building in northern california so we are we're only going deeper
0: real commitment i love it chuck can i pick on you because i know you've got a lot of things out there in the world now
1: been leading this, i want to say forever yeah Uh, we're ahead of uh, the mandates that come our way. We're meeting our goals ahead of time. Uh, focus on net zero by 2030. All our buildings since 2018 have been net zero ready. So we're, we're we've slowly been positioning the, uh, our, our buildings where we need them to be. But we're constantly looking at ways to improve. We just issued a low carbon uh, concrete spec, a more sustainable asphalt spec. You know, we're not like DOT and we're not buying a lot of that, but again. nudging the industry and and getting people thinking what we found out from that was it doesn't cost us the the, the industry came back and said it's not going to cost us anymore and sometimes even less if you go low carbon so it was a shock to everybody going wow industry doesn't have a problem with this stuff so trying to lead by example showing some of the things we can do uh, we're going to continue to do that
0: you heard it here first folks it's cheaper to go low carb i love it i love it how about you rome any final thoughts
2: you know, for for us, it's it's collecting the data, right? And yeah. it's easy to to do that with with owned assets and assets where you know we're a single occupier. Um, but working with our our landlords and other vendor partners to help with that information. But yeah, we're we got a roadmap as well that's over a course of several x years uh, to go low carb and, and zero carb. So.
3: Awesome. Love to see it. I have to say I love that GSA is leading the way on this. No, it's yes. fantastic. Putting your money where your mouth is. There you go. That's right. It's it's a market
0: maker. It is. It's, it's very powerful. You have a powerful wand. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, hey guys, let's let's make this a wrap. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be sitting here at the podcast table with you, Sarah, Rome, Chuck. Um, have a great cornet and for all the listeners out there, hope you have a great day.